My goblin voice brings all the goblins to the lo- yard, and they're like, Mmm, master! Must serve, master! Jesus. <laughs> Not sexy? <laughs> Coming to you live from the intergalactic planetary, planetary intergalactic. Deep within the super fortress Hardcore Genki, it's the Hardcore Genki Hour! Yay! Yay! Hey, hey kids, kids, do you, do you like, like nerdy, nerdy things? things? Do you like fun things? Do you like getting excited about stuff? Do you want two geeks talking? About what they've watched, read, done, and made in the last two months? Well, hold on to your exam results. Because now it's time for... The, the Hardcore, Hardcore Genki, Genki Hour! Hour. Hello and welcome to the Hardcore Genki Hour. I'm Andrew Raggedy Man Rotten Davis, nihilistic... Did you just call yourself Rotten Davis? Hello and welcome to the Hardcore Genki Hour. I'm Andrew Raggedy Man Watton Davis, nihilistic cynicism's cheaper answer to Ken Dodd. And I'm Laura Pink Apple Jam Watton Davis, being all old taku at the youngins, shouting at them, Oh no wait, those are bigots! Get off our lawn, bigots! (laughs) And this is the August 2019 update in our world of comics, films, TV, convention creation, and generally being excited about stuff here at the glorious Super Fortress Hardcore Genki. Because if something's worth being excited about, it's worth talking about. And as ever, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and elsewhere, as per the details at the end of the show. Please send feedback and anything else you'd like us to discuss to HG at gmail.com or tweet us at hardcore genki one word then the last two months we've like been all over the show we've done a few events including hyper Hyper japan hyper japan is a twice yearly j culture exhibition run by cross media limited held at olympia in london it's got stalls covering everything japanese food drink more food anime manga film food gaming even more food enough of the running gag it includes the japanese food exhibition um travel agencies music and other stuff we'll try to remember as we go along it's run across three days uh, with two sessions on the saturday one session on the friday one session on the sunday uh i went to cover it for bunkerzilla and pink apple jam went to sell her quality merchandise (laughs) thank you oh the food Mm. i got the food um (laughs) delicious especially the trade show Mm mm-hmm which was phenomenal because uh, I had breakfast there. <laughs> uh, I decided, uh, so the food area is like... It's almost like an offshoot of the main hall, yeah. isn't it, right? It's an offshoot of the main hall. There's cooking demos and there were about 12 food, twelve or 16 food things where you could buy the food. And the queues were approximately a week. So <laughs> Out the door, down the stairs, stairs round the corner. It was insane. Gosh. So on the Sunday, I went and went around the uh, f- the, the food show, uh, the actual trade show, and people gave me lots of free food and went, "What do you think of this?" And I went, "I'm a bit hungover and it looks delicious." <laughs> and I maxed out. So yeah, that was great. It. Looks and tasted amazing. Oh, it did. It was decently priced. It was decently. I think. Pr- it was decently priced. There was a good variety, and it was very good quality. Hence, gigantic queues. Yes, true. Um, for the event itself, it's pretty cool. I thought it's an exhibition. It's a trade yeah. hall. It's a food hall. It's a games hall. It's loads n- of things. It's happening. not a convention. A couple of people it's not, no. have 
been trying to bill it as a convention. Mm. If you attend conventions, you will enjoy Hyper Japan, mm. but I don't think it's fair to call it a convention because it is definitely an event. Other than um, various of the musical acts, which I'll get onto in a bit, and a couple of the guests, not appear, you know, not all the guests were in all the time slots, mm-hmm. event slots, because you had to leave. I don't think, if I was going as a punter, it isn't something that I would do more than one day of. Or one session of because there isn't there's a lot of stuff but it's a very wide variety of stuff so in, unless you're a total japanophile you i don't think there's much to keep you there um, well, beyond what's there because you go in you by, by which i mean you go in you will find stuff that you haven't seen before and you will enjoy it mm-hmm. and it will be very very cool mm-hmm. if there is stuff that you're interested in that you have seen before there are better events that cover those in more detail so it's good for like just discovering some new things and then you know there's a bunch of stuff that you just won't care about or that you already know in greater detail and can cover elsewhere that's what i mean by i don't think it's a lot to keep you there beyond like six or eight good hours of having a look around fair um so the last time we went to hybrid japan was actually five years ago this was because uh, as an artist i can't for the things that i sell and the things that i draw um i don't make tons and tons and tons of money so i ca- i could not afford to buy a booth dealer table which is about 300 400 pounds for the th- four days three days and... so um five years ago they did have artist fringe tables which were a hundred and something pounds for an artist such as myself to toddle along um, and sell their goods over all four sessions of Hybrid Japan. So they actually got rid of that five years ago and they kept emailing myself and other punters saying, oh, come back, come back to Hybrid Japan. However, there's no way I could afford 300, 400 pounds for a booth. So I said, if you reintroduce the fringe tables, I'd love to come back. Absolutely love to come back. And lo and behold, this year they actually did. And I thought, well, it's in a new place. It's I've got some new stuff. Uh, I've also got some old stuff that new punters wouldn't have seen. Uh, this table fee is very good. Let's give it a go. I had a great time. I had loads of... And this is what I feel is missing at the moment from comic events. I had loads of supportive parents. They were really kind and sweet. And I don't think I had one rude punter which was amazing the parents were encouraging their kids talking to me oh my kid draws this as well that's what i live for Uh, that kind of connection and encouraging their kids to buy my sale posters i had a lot of old stock that these new punters wouldn't have seen so i brought my new stock along and the parents loved it and the kids were appreciative and that made my weekend really nice i think the audience i think was very appreciative because as i said it's it's not a convention. So whilst there were some there were some cosplayers, there were some people who were definitely trying to do the convention thing by being there multiple days. Cosplay, daily Most, attendance, yeah. Yeah, there, there were some people trying to do the convention thing. There were a lot of people that I don't think are part of the... Con, are, are, are either part of the uh, anime man, manga anime fandom... Or part of the convention scene, mm-hmm. so you had a lot of there. There are a lot of people just very just just wearing for, for wish a better phrase. There are a lot of 
like non fandom more fun a greater ratio of non fandom people so they were seeing new stuff they were mm. there to treat it as a condensed um j culture marketplace mm-hmm. so they were there to buy mm-hmm. as opposed to something like a uh, an mcm to give it london all that parallel or an lfcc um where you have an awful lot of people are there to experience mm. and to see mates and to be part of the thing. And that's great because that's what Hyper Japan built as experience Japanese culture. Oh, yeah. You know, here are all the things celebrating Japanese culture. And and it was, I, I actually felt really, really well placed to be part of that. So I also think with the fringe, because previously the fringe markets they ran were very, um, well, let's be blunt. They were hidden away in the corner. They weren't well advertised. The tables were tiny, and they they were very right. You corner now. Don't talk to the don't talk to the punters. Don't look them in the eye. If a if if a real trader walks past, <laughs> shun eyes down. Um, now, the way they're doing it is they've kind of gone. Yeah, this is this is the the inspired by corner. Mm-hmm. They're actually pitching the fringe as a a part of the J-Culture experience. Almost kind of like a, a J-Culture Dijinshi I guess so, sort of yeah. Thing. A, an anthology. Uh, which which is the... Well, well Japanese, Japanese culture fandom yeah, produced I'm, I'm, stuff. Yeah, I know. I'm totally in agreement yeah. with you. Like an anthology Dijinshi. Absolutely. You've got a little yeah. bit of everything. Yeah. Experience it all yeah. right here. Absolutely. And their attitude towards those stalls were greatly improved. I think possibly yes. also because the new site means they've got a lot more space. That's true. That's which... true. I think it worked out really well. Having the fringe traders, the kawaii traders, the J fashion traders... The, all the dealers upstairs and then having the big bonsai exhibitions stage downstairs oh the, sta- the stage the, was great was, I think it could grow a little bit further even I, would you go again would you go again next year do you think I in what capacity I don't know same as before would I cover it next year because I was um, covering for, uh, for, for possibly bunker. I, I would I think I would cover it for bunker uh-huh. um yeah, if they had the I opportunity to offer that again, that that would be I, awesome. I don't know. I would obviously cover it. You know, if they went, hey, you can have a three-day pass, I'll take a three-day pass. I'm not going to lie, there's no point in doing that. But, I think I'm going to sneeze. <sighs> or not. Okay, sorry. I think I'd definitely go back to cover it to see what's new, because there was a lot of stuff there, like... Um, if people listen to the Bunkerzilla, uh, the bun- if people listen to the Bunkerzilla.co.uk special report I did from that event, they'll find out there was a whole tribe of stuff there. But th- this is like I was turning up uh, when when I came in through the front door. I was like, okay, so there's a uh, Japanese earthenware stall that makes sense. There's a Japanese. Um, tourist uh, tourist guide that makes sense there's a sake's table that makes sense there's a ba recruitment stall what <laughs> and i went over and they were just like yeah we just opened up another flight flight path to to japan so we're after staff and we reckon there'd be japanese speakers here and i was like that makes sense now <laughs> and then you know trumble along trumble along and it's yeah, like uh, they had Japanese games they had Nintendo blah 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 and then they had um, the 
Cats Protection League. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Cats are cute. And they're like, <laughs> cats are kawaii. Yeah, literally, they're just yeah. like, lots of people here like cats. <laughs> So they can sign up to look after cats, and I'm like, that uh, makes sense. But there, there were a lot of people. Yeah. That's that's what I mean. There were a lot of people riffing off the idea yeah. of it was not this very. It, it was a very diffuse concept to J culture. They even had stuff about the Japanese rugby culture. So when, oh, when that's impressive. Yeah. That, so when when we say it's a, a culture, you know, J culture, it's not the pop. It's not just the pop culture. Yeah. Even the music stage, yeah. which was, they they had a bunch of music acts. Um. And it was a good variety of stuff. They had Ejen Kai, who I thought were brilliant, um, who I would personally class as an industrial band. You know, it's, it's it's Japanese conceptual wearing funny masks band, but it's still pretty heavy music. They had Necroman Idol, who were a dark wave idol band. You know, and they had a pop crooner that I can't remember be bothered to remember his name he was that annoying uh, they had a a pop crooner that just but they also had uh, like more middle of the road stuff more mm. traditional they had uh, two brothers who who played um, the Japanese guitar but with kind of rock not not rocky with Japanese pop backings so it was more kind of like the 30 the somethings music rather than the young kids music and they had they had a lot of different and they had a couple of um, just straightforward like crooners, and it was very cool because again it was a very broad. It was they only had like about eight or ten. Ma- only this is in massive quote marks by the way. Only eight or ten musical acts all the way over from Japan doing their first performance ever. It's like only, um, they had eight or ten performances, but that covered quite a range. It wasn't just you know a very narrow, the more screamy popular stuff so that was that was very cool and there's lots of really cool stuff happening there and it was but again not in not the same way a convention would do it so mm. i think basically it's awesome if your expectations are, are covered mm-hmm. um but yeah it was really i, loved, I thought it was great uh I'll tell you what they did tackle um the bootleg stores <sighs> yes so they were tackled they were reported against training standards were involved it was honestly black bins and security and the police i think were involved there black bin bags it was, there it, were discussion that, that it has been said the police were involved there are there are a lot of there are a lot of rumors going around sure i've only of, seen the rumors it is absolutely not a reflection of what ended I did, up happening I, I did talk to a number of people and a number of people were unwilling to go on the record sure. because a number of people were there's stories going around about these people the bootleggers being quite violent yeah the aggression um, uh, vibe I received from people I spoke to as well not good yeah not good at all but for that to happen to me it was honestly encouraging to see yeah so you know people are oh why you know it just allows me to get things for cheaper but bootleggers take away from honest dealers paying expensive japanese goods import tax they scam younger fans out of money if the fans believe these collectibles are the real deal. They are unsafe if your little brother or sister start chewing on one. They're rip-offs with a huge markup. It's not good. So to have that action taken was really encouraging. It was very encouraging. I, th- I The two things I, I would say was the from 
from discussions I had with various people, including organisers, some of the expectation, I mean, the, the, the complications of removing someone who was paid to be who, there, who was yeah. paid to be there, are quite are quite tricky because, apart from anything else, they're in a situation where they wanted them gone, the site wanted them gone, the apparently the police had got involved. But if you're at a venue where you've got like an alley, you know, they're they're, they're in the middle of a venue with an awful lot of people in it. How do you evict them without? cordoning off a, like a quarter of your site yeah and make so, yeah. so the actual mechanics of evicting someone are quite complicated and given some of the rumors going around about uh people being violent yeah. if you're i don't know if the rumors of them being violent are true or not but if you are an event organizer and you hear rumors of these people being violent you then have a duty of care to the attendees to not have them pump you know swung in the face by by a bootlegger with an iron bar um as an extreme, you you have got that that duty of care. So I think I think number one, people need to have certain expectations on how they can get rid of of these people. But I also think I think a lot of this has to come down to the actual people buying the stuff. And this isn't me pointing fingers. We've had enough discussions about about this before. But there were situations where they were in the process of trying to remove people from the stalls. And they had members of staff, you know, basically lining up going, these people are selling knockoff merch. Don't buy from them as they were trying to arrange that. And people were still buying it. I I think it's hard to underestimate the utter indifference the consumer has to this knockoff. And you can say what you did. And I'm not saying that you're wrong in saying what you did about how disruptive this stuff is. But if people actually want to see this stuff gone, they've got to stop buying it. It's as simple as that. But if they don't know, if they're fools. I, uh, yeah, but I'm saying that even when told, they didn't care. But again, I absolutely think it is wonderful to see mm. people, event organisers, taking action. Finally, yeah, yeah. Because for so long, it's just... it's Yeah, I'm glad. I'm happy. Oh, yeah. It is a good thing. It's absolutely... I can't... And the fact that they were... I mean, they haven't got back to me about various questions I've raised on it for of her further interview than that. But the fact that they were actively engaged with it, um, there's been talk about this now happening up and down the land, which, as I predicted, um, MCM seems to have led the way. You know, the MCM seems to have led the way on this, and more people are getting more aware of the problems these things cause, and more people are shutting them down. So I think. We are going to see more of this over the next couple of years. Should events and you know should things continue to prevail, sure. we're going to see and more and more and more of it. We do, and don't if you are a trader or a dealer or a punter or whoever, if you see things mm. that are unsafe, that are lies, if mm. if people are saying, oh, you know, this is legitimate merchandise, and it's clearly not. The packaging is streaky. There's no hologram. Um, the font has a lot of non-Japanese writing on it Uh, the boxes you know have words with other friends see if you've come up to the same conclusion and have a word with the staff you know yeah you know I mean if you were 12 years old and you had 20 quid to spend and you spent it all on a figure you bought it home 
It was toxic to your little siblings. The dog ate it, puked it up. It snapped. You know, if you would be gutted. If, absolutely gutted. Even for me personally, even if it was fine and indistinguishable from the orig- from the real thing, I would still be... Because for me, I, I would still be upset because for me, a part of the purchase is giving the money to the people who made the thing I love. Yep. It's partly a thank you to the originators yeah, yeah, so yeah. E- even if it was exactly the same i'd still be like shit but i wanted them to get their slice of the pie and but that's just me totally so that was hyper japan that was hyper japan one of the other conventions we went to very recently was SunnyCon in liverpool so SunnyCon was the very first offshoot of the sunderland convention SunnyCon. SunnyCon has run in Sunderland, Newcastle, and now Liverpool. So we went to the fairly overcast and rainy Liverpool on the 10th and 11th of August for SunnyCon Liverpool. Housed in the admittedly very nice basement of the Liverpool Exhibition Centre by the docks, it was two days of a trading hall and a variety of entertainments, starting with an hour and a half of taiko drums (laughs) and ending on a quiz. So we traded there uh, and said hi to all the Scouse weebs at what was claimed to be the first con in the area. So, what was this one like, Andy? And let's discuss the problems of small cons. It was... Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's be honest. Okay, number one, it was in a basement. It was in a basement, which meant there were difficulties as traders to have things like phone signal, to talk about where you were, to accept payments... There was no official locked Wi-Fi. I don't like going on random Wi-Fi in case it's a scam Wi-Fi. Um, there was nothing provided. So, yeah, that was a little bit tricky. There was also no daylight. Let's <laughs> okay. Daylight, daylight, Andy. I'm just saying. I, <laughs> I don't need daylight. I'm just like, I'm in a I fucking, just need sugar and cartoons. I'm you in know a me basement well. for two days. It was. <laughs> you were You were banished. I was shunned even more than usual. It was... <laughs> I mean, it was a, it was a nice ba- basement. The carpet was nice. <laughs> the, it was carpeted. The, the I'll air give it was that. very breathable. It was... <laughs> no, the, the actual aircon was yeah. just just right. The staff at the site were as helpful as they could be. They were well friendly as Very well. friendly. Um, there were no major problems. The staff for the actual convention... What little I saw of them was very nice and straightforward and very pleasant. They didn't. Um, it was, it was okay. But I think the venue itself, locationally, it's at the docks, so it's a bit of a tromp. Liverpool docks is about twenty twenty five minute slow walk from the city centre. From the city centre, I'd say twenty twenty. Um, it is slow walkable. Walk. There are some buses, mainly yeah. tourist buses. Um, it's always very wet and very windy. Yeah. No matter what the weather is, you're going to get some sea splash in your face. I, I don't think it was any more problematic to get to than, say, Excels. No. Um, but... There were issues. For example, there was another convention being run at the same time in the same place. The SunnyCon event was poorly signposted. We went yeah. around the houses a bit to get in. Although when... there was a sign saying, Oi, weebs this way. So... <laughs> Once you were inside, well, yes, yeah, correct. Well, yeah, I'd still... Uh, which is great. However, there were lots of walking around. The very next day, you'd be kicked out of one door. You'd only be allowed in another yeah. door. There was lots of walking around in the crap 
breezy weather when you're ill and tired and for, uh, it's not great for a first event logistically and positionally it was okay yeah 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 um i think it also shows the difficulty of finding solid venue sites very which is, it's not saying that this i don't want us to make it sound like it was a bad venue all i'm saying is it wasn't great no there were things like there were some very expensive for scouse prices there were some very expensive chips on sale and there was yeah. like a food truck which was one, doing one food truck burger and chips for six quid i think it was yeah which to me is very expensive a for what it is and b up north that's cambridge prices for that and yeah i wasn't impressed no with greenery that at all. no <laughs> um, we basically no smu- greens for you weeds. we basically <laughs> smuggled in bowls of salad to eat <laughs> so like and we, not like <laughs> we got no knives and forks i turned around and Andy's shoveling salad in his face it's i like, needed my vitamins i was it's hungry it's like, it's like i was get my greens i must i'm an I adult like now salad. <laughs> it was the fact that you were shoving it in your face the i was like that man is dedicated <laughs> i was I very like... impressed oh, oh dear no no it was good yeah. it was good but you know the fact that you had to run to tesco's and have no knives and forks and scoop it in your face you know to like have very general greenery yeah. within your diet there, there over was... the entire weekend everybody who attended was as good as gold however there were so many traders in comparison to the percentage of footfall it oh was yeah so i mean it was tumbleweed city it... at least 50 percent of the time there was no mad flurries whether as a trader it, it was really yeah. difficult I'm i mean afraid. It, it was also because we were both trading um each day it had the preview hour which is okay and i get why people do that but as a trader if i'm expected to be there an hour early effectively an hour early you know you need to get the vip people in i don't expect them to necessarily buy anything because that's down to no. me but, that, that... but m- having more than five people trundle past my stall in oh, the first hour man. it was really hard that imbalance was so difficult to sell through the lighting i thought was quite dim as well actually it made oh. you feel quite sleepy i i thought um... it was okay I, I again i thought the atmospherics were okay i thought the temperature was good i thought the air was good i didn't feel sleep at any point but i did drink about a liter of coke every day <laughs> Um, so the first hour and a half on the Saturday tell me Andy what was so difficult about that what was so difficult about that pardon Andy what was so difficult about I can't hear you tell me Uh, yeah okay we basically had taiko drums for an hour and a half now I like my taiko drums (laughs) I really do I really like my taiko drums but they (laughs) They, they, you could hear them all over the place and they oh, were drowning it out. So that cannot, was. If you are a trader and you've paid for a trading table, it's so hard to talk over taiko drums. And I, d- I don't want to think about how many people were put off communicating, let alone buying, because they couldn't hear answers to the questions that they wanted about your goods. I just felt that was so if awkward. If they'd split it into, like, three sections, that would like be Like, 20 fine. minutes, half hour. Yeah, but, but this it was, was, like, an, an hour, hour and a half, and a half two at hours. The, at the start right of at the, the start. event. And I'm like, oh, oh. that got so... It was really unfortunate. Yeah. But once that was out of the way... The pe- yeah. The people that were there, like, the punters that were there, yeah. did their best, and there was 
I'll be honest, there was a load of stuff happening. They they had the organizers had games. Uh, there were less people, in my opinion, than the event deserved. I don't know what the advertising was like, and I do appreciate that running something at the start of August is a tricky. Um, totally. I mean, half people are on holiday, aren't but they? But the quality of the event itself, they had a stage that constantly was uh, had some pretty, you know, pretty good talks for the for the size and location. Some pretty good guests. They had uh, a bunch of gaming going on. They had a cosmetics thing. I thought the amount of content and the quality of the content deserved a larger audience. 100%. Just needed um, more people to appreciate that. Just needed and more people there. Now, sales are hard. We're probably on the brink of another recession coming forward. People aren't sell- buying things like tickets to anime conventions. If they are buying things, they're going on holiday the, while they can. Yeah. You know, it's going to be very difficult, I think, at the moment. What I would say about that audience was it was the first event... Apparently, it was the first event of its type in Liverpool. I can't vouch okay, for the... Op- okay, for wait. The- so, I asked my other friends... Like, the last time I was in Liverpool, funnily mm. enough, was for an anime convention in 2001. What has Liverpool had since? They've had a couple of Alcon events, mm. and they've had two, possibly at least one, MCM Liverpool, oh. before Reed Pop took over mm. and decided Liverpool wasn't on their right. rotor anymore. Okay. Liverpool does know how to Comic Con. Okay. However, I did feel that a lot of the clientele that attended needed to be taught how to Comic Con. I don't... I wouldn't say they needed to be taught how to Comic Con. I, I think it was more a case of the people who turned up knew what they liked and they were looking for stuff relating to that. Yes, you can go there and buy all the wonderful fan art of your favourite characters till Kingdom Come. But also the whole part whole point of conventions is to also discover new things for some people i think the people who turned up were mostly looking for stuff relating to their fandom and i think that was matched by the stalls we saw there because there wasn't that much original stuff there there was a whole load of people either selling um the, the associated merch or selling fan created merch Again, that's what I'm saying. They were playing to the audience that was there. My point is that many young fans that were attending maybe did not know what to expect if they'd not been there before. I don't think they knew that they could buy from vendors. I don't think they expected vendors. I don't think many people bought much pocket money. You know, though the Sonicon team were established and have totally enjoyed mm. mega successful events in Newcastle and Sunderland, everybody came to the same conclusion, at least on Facebook, that the Liverpool event, it just feels like it's grown from scratch. Mm. You know, and attendees do need to learn how to convention. So I wish them all the best. Mm. I, I can't be driving up four or five hours to have that yeah. few people walk past my stall again for a, a long time. But I really, really, really hope that that convention. Uh, grows, develops. I hope it gets a whole new scene. Mm. I hope people continue to go and enjoy. Um, I think for the north, it's it's it has the potential, complete potential, to grow and be such a wonderful new convention for. I call them middle school anime fans. Fans are at school and might grow up and take it through to young adulthood. I have to agree with you on that point because it was a GCSE to A-level crowd. I also agree with you. I mean, if this had been an hour and a half, two hours down the road... Yeah, sure. ...and I'd had the same experience, 
I'd have been all up for going to it again. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, though. It means it can be a it can be a regional grower. Exactly, and I really hope it does. I mean, Sunderland yeah. did, Newcastle did. Yeah, that's absolutely huge. It did. It, I, it did make me realise that I just cannot compete with fan art, though. Um, I think as an original artist, it doesn't mean that I'm going to stop, but it means it does show how transparently difficult it is in sheer numbers if viewers and customers come along and that's all they see that's what they think is the thing and i don't think you know if we're around the corner and we don't have a recognizable product or whatever then you know no one's going to want to spend their money when they can spend nine pounds on a tin badge from my hero academia you know i'm just trying to assess where things are going to go and i don't really know to be honest i think it's one of those things where conventions are again in a transient stage where i think with the the real growth of things like kickstarter and yeah people all smack 30 quid at the wall for kickstarter on some random new thing and yeah (laughs) i I i think even more than before social media is now becoming a discovery platform for indies yes i think conventions to a great extent are now becoming and now becoming a place to go represent they are kind of becoming conventions again rather than trading halls i don't know quite how to put it. I mean, this this was a difficult event because I'd say half, no, more like three quarters of the area was stalls. Yes. Maybe two, maybe, maybe three fifths of the area was stalls, and there were like two or three spots for um, convention-y stuff, but those areas were constantly packed, whereas the stalls weren't. So I, I think it's one of those things where the 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 attraction of stalls. Is you know what people want from stalls is changing. The attraction of stalls is changing, and for someone like yourself who specialises in original stuff that isn't going, I think social media's and uh, social media and specialist conventions are becoming where where you should go because that's where the fandom for special for 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 indie stuff will turn up and represent by buying. Possibly so. I mean, there's no guarantee for anything these days. Oh, no. I just, I also think in August, you're not going to get your students with your student loan no. disposable income. There was a, a big percentage of anime fandom these days are university students. You get a student loan, you buy a war scroll, some plushies or whatever. There was none of that. I didn't see anyone exactly as you said. They were all at secondary school, um, possibly and early college but they no, don't it's... have as much money nobody does that's the oh, thing oh yeah but yeah. don't but that age group absolutely yeah. they don't they don't I, I think the event showed how important timing and advertising is because i spoke to a number of people around the, that i know from the liverpool area afterwards and they were like oh was there a convention on? <laughs> we had no idea <laughs> um, so that's, that's... and the problem is you're relying on a pre-existing fan base they're only going to tell their circle on facebook yeah. You're not going to get any new kids. However, saying that, the kids that came along with the mums and dads, they were really encouraging again in hybrid Japan. And I'm everybody sure, had a great... Sure and the vibe was amazing. That's the thing. It, it was really, really fun, friendly. Yeah. So It's such a social con. It was it was really funny. And I felt like I'd made some new good art mates as yeah. well. Um, and it was great to see my old colleagues going... You know, doing the old thing, mm. laughing at everybody, also, how hungover they were on I the will Sunday. Bless also, them. <laughs> say it was also very nice for me to go off and meet new people, to meet new artists, to meet to meet local artists that I'd never bump into in a million years down south. Yeah. So, 
I don't think it was a failure or anything. I, no, I no. think I was it, possibly... I mean, we're, we're just discussing about it, that it was a difficult first convention, yeah. and though it was positive in many areas, there are some difficulties as traders that, you know, we wanted to discuss and acknowledge. Um, but everybody's acknowledged what a difficult convention it was, and that's yeah. no not bearing I any think... ill will. If you are a max two-hour drive from Liverpool, if they run it again, go, go to it. Go for it. it. The go Sunderland, it. Yeah, yeah. Sunderland was this Sunderland Sunny Con yeah. is an absolute kicker. It is all that and a bag of chips with a bit with a bit of mushy pea. It is <laughs> it's a great event. It's a fun event. It's a very you know, it's a it's a it's a proper con event. This isn't there yet. And the simple thing is the event was supposed to finish at six. All the traders started packing up at five fifteen. Because that last hour, there was no one from half past three in the afternoon on a Sunday. Yeah. There was no one to sell to, to talk to. Because they were all doing the events, which were they were doing the quiz. Hence the footfall. They, yeah, you know, they were doing the, the masquerade. They were doing all that stuff. It was cool. So, so after Sunday Con, the what else have we got? only convention that we've got next up. We don't know whether we've got tables or not. We are stuck in the existential (laughs) angst of waiting to know if we're doing MCN London. On the Friday 25th to Sunday 27th of October at the Excel Centre London Docklands. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. (laughs) It's it's this year. The uh, table prices have gone up again. The table prices have gone up (laughs) apparently because not everyone's received the emails. Oh no, that's Uh, bad. The priority people have got it. Uh, oh no! Have got that, but not everyone's got it because I signed up for the for the traders ta- email tales, and I have no clue what's happening with that. And they're doing the curate. They did the application for Comics Village, but we don't find out about that until next week. Uh, it's just who knows. And to make it even better, apparently the few people who have seen the layout for where you can book trading booths, it goes. You can have stalls between here between A and Z. Other than these three blocks, which you can't have. Oh, and these blocks, because they're for something else. And this block. And it's like, well, why did you include <laughs> So people are now worried they filled their forms in wrong. People don't. There, there's this. We're Booking not. events should not be hard. It should and not we're talking, stress. We are talking about two months. To, no. No, yes. We've got eight week, eight or nine weeks to go yeah. to probably, I'd say, the major. I always think October's busier than. Than the, 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 I think the second one's always bigger than To be the, fair, we haven't done a May one for a while. I, I always think the October October's the real bahuni because everyone's back at uni. Mm. You know, so they've got money to earn. <laughs> student loan. Uh, student loan. <laughs> and we're, t- we're eight weeks away from that. And oh. not just us. I'm not, I'm not just no, talking no, about no, this, no, little, no, but, no. but like serious operators are just going, I don't know. It's very stressful. It's, it just feels like, even though Reed Pop took over a few. What a year or two ago now? About a year and a half. It's yeah. still a little bit wonky, guys. It shouldn't be this stressful it at all. Shouldn't. So step it up. Anyway, one thing that isn't going to be stress. No, oh my god, anti-stress. I cannot <sighs> wait for Hibanacon. Oh, Hibanacon. I am going to fly into that like a six-foot machine sofa. <laughs> it is just waiting for me with a big cup of hot chocolate. Oh, Hibanacon, the most relaxing con. Friday the 8th to Sunday the 10th of November in Milton Keynes. I think they've still got some tickets left. Possibly. I'm not sure they're all... They, as far as I'm aware, they sold about a third of the capacity first event. 
to the point where they weren't sure whether it would run on the first one. The second one, they sold about half, mm-hmm. and now they're on there on the on the way to selling out. I'm so that happy is a for heck them. of a ramp up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we missed we missed the first one. We wanted to hear back from friends how it went. And they all said it friends was awesome. said it was great. So we went to the second one last year, and it was great. So we're going mm-hmm. to the third one, and it will be great. I can't wait. It's we're not going to deal. Andy's going to host. Uh, the three-minute presentation challenge. Oh yes! For people who wish to present a presentation, fully this... enough, in PowerPoint, in under or on three minutes. It's it's a very complicated process. Um, I've got ten challenges, ten actual challenges, and each of them will be coming up to give a presentation on a topic of their choice, uh, which will at the very least be Habanacon related by having a banana in it. Habana uh, <laughs> banana con. Uh, <laughs> where they the goal is for them to do a presentation on a topic of their choice in three minutes or under. And we give prizes for we give cupcakes of glory uh, for people closest to the person closest to the time, the most presenterly of the talks and the most interesting of talks. I'm excited. Um, I'm very excited because it, it, I'm very very excited for it because the actual group I've got is a really mixed bunch of people with a really mixed um, set of uh, interests and also a lot of mixed skills. There's people there who are doing it because they haven't done a presentation before. There's people who are like old dab hands. There are people who are just you know they've done a couple so we should get a good range of presentation styles because I don't want, you know, it's, it sounds daft, but if you see someone who you know is like an absolute master of skits and who has done a million and one things before and they're on stage, there's a bit of you which is, is just like, you know what they're going to do, you're very, oh yeah, I know what you're like, blah, blah, blah. But if you see someone who, you know, and it's cool, but you're a little bit, you're in your zone, you don't know what's going to happen next. But if you see someone who hasn't done it before, A, it's so cool to just be there and go, come on, go on, and give them a bit of encouragement and get them to make that first line. And you have no clue what's coming next, so you don't know what it's going to be like, you don't know what the style's going to be, you don't know how they're going to take it. And nine times out of ten, they just they stand up there like they're like a deer in the headlights. <laughs> okay? And they say the first sentence... And the whole audience is like, yes. And then they say the second sentence, and they're like, mm-hmm. and the audience is like, yeah. And they hit the third sentence, they're just like, motherfucker, here's my thing. <laughs> and you're just like, hit me. And it's so... Hit just, me with your information You stick. just see them go, oh my God, these people want to learn stuff. And yeah. it's something I've been running in Cambridge. I'm not going to be able to do one probably this this off. I've been running it now for, for two years in Cambridge, and it's just so cool. And I'm very excited about doing this at uh, Con. Well done. It so awesome. if you've got your presentation to hand already and you've already emailed Andy via the Hibanacon Facebook social group, I'm super looking forward to seeing your presentation. All the very best. Moving on. To- Meanwhile, in tech... Amazon on Virgin. Hello, TiVo. Amazon Prime is here. The tech barrier against choice. <laughs> Having apparently given up on the hope of its fire stick ever being anything but a stocking feel for, filler for someone you really don't like, Amazon have finally got their ass into the Virgin Media Box. So we're finally able to use the service we've been forced to pay for for several <laughs> years because we like having Prime delivery. Hopefully Now TV will join soon as TV providers give up mucking around with split services. Yeah, just give us it all. Oh. I, I love the fact that you've written in our notes, fire stick. 
<laughs> fire stick. <laughs> oh god, I hate the fire stick. It's I such a piece a natural, of shit. I have a natural hatred of any technology I have to talk to. Oh um, yeah. I also just can't stand the fire st- the, the the Amazon fire fire stick service because the search function it, it's 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 just shit. It's diabolical. Fire shit. That's what fire, it is. I just can't can't stand things. But also, just not having three things stuck in the bloody telly to watch this yeah. just being able to dial it dial it up like a like a, like a civilized human being <laughs> going to the channel on virgin where i can dial in the number and just watch it on my goddamn cable yeah is, easy easy peasy it's now i know um I just hate all those cables i know that sometimes our virgin bill comes through and it's like we've upped your services prices again and you're like nah but you have to think actually we are kind of renting a pretty snazzy tech hub that's allowing us to stream lots of things these days oh yeah well you know we don't have the maxi max max package or anything no but we don't have the super titchy mouse size package either yeah you know we consume a lot of television because we fucking love it so you know let's just get more and, of that and, shit into our eyeballs please and That's what because I you have a hobby that involves sitting there and shading things in for hours and on it and and i have a hobby that that consists slamming out badges <laughs> So which we- i need something to keep me occupied otherwise i just start that's shouting true. that's true but yeah so the only problem is we've had it for like two weeks. So, so we've had the app on the TiVo for about two weeks and it keeps fucking crashing and knocking out the other, the other streaming services and our bloody TiVo box. So yeah, it's great to have easy access to all these shows you never really bothered for before due to having to hook up multiple pieces of tech. But Jesus fucking Christ, I just like to not have to reboot my fucking TiVo box to switch from Netflix to Prime. Sort it the fuck out. Well, it's the roster they've got on on Prime is pretty good. They've yeah. got the boys which we watched and we enjoyed, and which are other Here come the boys and other and wiser people do. They've, they've Those got the weird tip. Nazi fucks. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Where did that come from? That is a really good show. Uh, actually, we got yeah. the tick, which is pretty cool. We're, yeah. we're, we're watching Preacher. There's, Preacher. Stu- there's, 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 there's some pretty good stuff on there. But we didn't know because, God damn it, we weren't going to wrestle with that <laughs> shit. And now we got it there and we're like, what can we watch? And we're going, oh my God, the watch list is terrible. And if we just watch Netflix, it doesn't break. Um, it's like, what would you like to watch? Watch this in your watch list. It now costs X ninety nine on Prime, and I'm like, can we just not have a row where it clearly, explicitly states what you do and do not have to pay for? It can, is worded, but the user interface is something you have to learn see, how I'm to navigate. It's not user friendly. I'm reckoning with heuristics, they'd eventually work out that anything we they'd be able to know if we automatically back out of anything that's got a cost on it. And eventually work out to stop bother showing us that. Ah, so the more that we use it, the more it will learn. Hopefully. Um, see, I, I mean, apart from anything else, I know people are worried about the safety, the security implications of always listening tech and all that. But if I have a piece of technology that I have to operate by talking to the damn thing, I want it to be able to recognise my swearing and send a support <laughs> ticket. So yeah, Andy's swearing again. Ticket, 
Yeah, so it's just anyway. Well, yeah, that watch list function is awful, as you've said. Netflix really does reign supreme in the user interface game. I have the cynical suspicion, I think it's to trick you into buying a film. Oh, absolutely. You know, and that's surreptitious and shit. I don't like that. I think Amazon Prime will always be the thing I watch after I've run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. Talking of which! Bum, bum, boom! The Return of Evangelion! So Raggedy Man originally wrote some terrible things here. So here we are. Here are some facts. So Evangelion is an anime series which started in 1995. It starts as a mere mech show and moves into something halfway between surrealism, expressionism plus art house. So it's been rece- it's received multiple awards and it has been credited as revitalising the possibilities of what an anime can actually be. So in July this year, Netflix released a new dub of the TV series and the first two movies, Death and Rebirth, although it's called something slightly different because it's a slightly different edit on Netflix, plus the film The End of Evangelion. It brings the show to a global audience, new and old. Were Shinji here right now, I'd shake him by the hand. Oh my God, Andy. (laughs) Anyway! Oh, I can't believe you wrote that for me to read out. You don't want to know what I originally wrote. (laughs) You big prick. (laughs) (laughs) Just going to wash my hands out. Look at me. (laughs) What a menace. (laughs) What a a scourge. Anyway, so I'd just like to I'd just like to point out that this is a series I love and hold dear because if at any point I point out the lead character is a wanker and people get defensive, I have photographic <laughs> proof to shove in their face. Screenshot proof. Yes, he is, and here's that. Anyway, where's Shinji here? I'd shake him by the hand. You get. <laughs> anyway, it was. I can't believe you felt that. <laughs> That'll teach me to not pre-read the fucking show notes. Thank you, dear. Moving on. Netflix. Evangelion. They have remastered, recalibrated the entire TV show. It's amazing to see that television sell art in high res. Evangelion is probably one of the last shows that was purely animated by hand. No pun intended. I've just realised what I've said. I... I wasn't saying anything. You don't have to. Move on. Move on. <laughs> I think it looks it, it looked great. I mean, yeah. the the I'm not saying it didn't used to look great. It's just that no, but in high def, it holds up so well. It's been in a bit of a availability limbo for a while, and anyone watching it now, especially on the new TVs, on the old versions, they just don't cut the mustard. Cause, you know, the, the DVDs or even my god, VHS copies. It's properly introduced it. introduced uh, what can only be described as a seminal work to a new generation and that generation is now going to consider this the version of Evangelion and the old guard need to bloody deal with that because they're going to get snotty as fuck no no having said that so there's a new translator and they did insert random biased left wing references into some terrorism report instead of the news reporter saying uh, this was uh, this was uh, executed by terrorists. The new subtitles read this was executed by left-wing terrorists or was something like that. Was that also like that. In, the, no. in the dub? No. It was, well, I don't know if it was the in the dub. dub that we watched. I think it was, yes. Oh, okay. Yes, I think it was. And there's nothing to do with left-wing or white 
right wing. Okay, I didn't spot the that one. New translation decided to swing with "I like you" it, instead of whereas the Japanese tsuki, S-U-K-I, suki, usually means "I like you" or "I love you." Yes, if you've just met someone, you don't immediately confess your love to them. However, the character quite clearly gay for Shinji in everything around it. So to say, I like you, whereas it crossed that line, I really, really can understand fans' anger about certain points of that new dub. Because if those two points, in my opinion, if those two points remained unchanged, I feel that the dub would have been elevated even further from the 90s version. It's still a very good piece of dubbing work by the new cast, but those things do need to be looked at. I am going to make one comment mm. about the new translation scene. For people who don't know it, this character Karu has just turned up, just met Shinji, and basically is hitting on him like a mother. He's totally, totally hitting, on, hitting him. on him. Their hands are touching. They're they're both, inter- you know, they're getting they're, undressed in front of each other. They're having a bath together. These are very intimate yeah. things. Now, Quite clearly gay for Shinji. I do not have enough knowledge of Japanese to argue um, whether or not the translation is correct. I'm not going to argue that. I do not know. I don't speak Japanese. Because there's direct translation and then there's intent. And there's the art of translation and, and all that stuff. Of course. What I will say is that as a viewer, I liked, I don't know if it's, it's not the original emotional impact, but I liked the emotional impact of it being almost a confusing statement because he's, he's be, because he is being so evocative towards Shinji hmm. to have him say, I like you rather than I love you when Shinji is pretty much almost getting him. I, I, I thought it added to the confusion of Shinji. Mm. So as someone who isn't tied to the show and who honestly, you know, having watched it ages ago, didn't even necessarily remember that scene that much. I just thought it added to the... It added a something to the tension and added a something to the... Because conf- that scene is very much about Shinji being very confused. It's very much about Shinji not... not not know what's going on so to have a confusing statement that doesn't marry to what is happening in scene i thought added to it in that level on that level i can see the point and i think that's fair i just feel that because the fans because it means such a lot to people they've just jangered that away possibly but it's such a it's such a blatantly gay scene but it just confirms that. I just, I just think they should have kept that bit the same. Possibly, I really, I really do. Or I said something more instead of just "I like you." They could have said "I really like yeah, you." No, like I, yeah. I, I like like yeah. you, Shinji, or something to just swing it I... into that territory instead of flipping back to "I, I... like you," which in English is very different to I love you that's the thing I think I really I, I, I really like you I think that would have made it worse because at that point you might as well say I love you well exactly but if so you're going to translate Suki to like yeah. then you need to say I like yeah. like you or I really like you Shinji I, because yeah. that just would have pushed it a little bit further instead of erasing what was established before I can totally see why people have referred to it as gay erasure and I'm not invalidating that call, whatever. I'm just, as someone who went in 
with minimal preconceptions or expectations on the t- on the level I've described it as I think the scene still works and because it is let, let's be honest because it is such a homoerotic scene I don't think a, changing that line is going to appease anyone that has a problem with with gay content because it is so out there and the statement itself is so ju- is so juxtaposition to the scene I don't know the decision process behind it I just think it doesn't neutralise the gay context of the scene. It reduces it, though, from what you what they've been given. That is a retraction. That is a backstep. I don't think it's even a sidestep. It's a backstep to me. Okay. Um, and yet, Cara signed off on it, the Evangelion production team. So... That's the other thing. If the, <sighs> the guy who made it signed off on it, and yeah but it's all it's all about the meaning and intent isn't it but th- this is what i mean this is going to be the new version this yeah. is going to because there's going to be a whole bunch of people watching it who are going to adore that scene who've never seen it before who are going to adore that scene and it's going to be hand shot first mm, there's going to be a generation and but yeah intention with good intentions yeah it's, it's so you've made a point it's still feels like three series welded together oh yeah, yeah i you've think got, that's very fair you've got the first actually. um third which is shinji which is basically a school drama kind of like a uh it's a Mar- marilyn manson version of tetsujin because you've got this high school kid who also controls this massive giant robot and he spends all his time crying because his dad's just like got a big job and shinji's moaning and then you've got that and then you've got a th- you've got the middle third which is quite a Roughy, tufty, fighting the bad guy aliens, almost like kid warrior story, and then you have got the final third, which is just batshit fucking crazy. Yeah, and which I I remembered watching it and going, huh? And this time I watched it and just went, huh? <laughs> and I still don't think it's as good as many people do. See, people have asked me, like com- people I don't often speak to, but you know, we're all into comics and whatever on Facebook. And I've had one or two people email me, like, I've got an anime question. Should I watch Evangelion? Should I watch the films? I, I think I'm all right with just the TV series. And I've said, my opinion of Evangelion is like each time, each film is like a different parallel universe. Like they are, yeah. they all exist within the same universe. So. Watch it for a different angle, but don't expect it to be cohesive within that universe you've watched. Oh, it's a poem, not a story. Completely, yeah. you know. Um, and that's, you know, that makes it worthy of my grace. <laughs> uh, that's our update for August 2019. If you liked this podcast, then please share it with your friends and rate us online. It really helps us spread the word. We love you forever if you do. The Hardcore Genki podcast is available from raggedyman.net slash the Raggedy Jam podcast, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, podcast, and on the backs of 30 to 50 feral hogs as they invade your garden. <laughs> Amazing. So the podcast is also syndicated on bonkazilla.co.uk, the UK geek culture online radio station. So go and check them out right now for some more geeky fun. And as always, please send any feedback you have on the show to superfortresshg at gmail.com or tweet us at, at Hardcore Genki. 
please do send us some feedback, not just likes, so we know you still love us and where we can improve the show. I'm fine for likes, but, you know, you can throw shit at us if you want. That's absolutely fine. So Raggedy Man can be found at Raggedy Man on Twitter and his needlessly aggressive products page on Facebook and Etsy. And Pink Apple Jam can be found at Pink Apple Jam Art on Twitter and Etsy. So, till next time... Goodbye, farewell, and thank you from the Super Fortress Hardcore Genki! Bye! Bye!